That jarring mix of themes old and more recent tells you that you're listening to the Power of Three podcast where three lifelong grumpy middle-aged Doctor Who fans discuss, enthuse and occasionally criticise the televised, novelised and audio adventures of our favourite time-travelling hero. Welcome back to this special two-part episode of Power of Three, I forgot what it was called there. <laughs> I just so had a blank and I thought, yeah, it's been so long since we recorded it. Yeah. It's been um, so long since the last episode. So in the last episode we looked at all three generations in the classic series and in this episode we're going to look at it from the TV movie up to the present. <laughs> Let me introduce you to my two co-conspirators. Hello Kenny. Hello Tom, I'm Kenny, I'm not human, I am not like you. Oh my God, and this is our fault for encouraging I know, Well, I'm trying not to. And hello, Davy. Hello, Tom, and um, yeah, it's nice to be back. Let's move on. Um, a full nine years, uh, seven years. Well, actually, ten years. Uh, yeah, nine, nine years. Nine years. Nine years. Well, nine years. Well, seven years between Fenwick and the TV movie. Yeah, but from one generation to oh, the next. Of course, right. Yeah. Uh, and we get to the TV movie, which we've already talked about. We have. Um, but let's briefly go through. This is another. This is similar to the Fourth Doctor's demise because it's a kind of a cool and violent and everyday demise, isn't it? Indeed, because we've got the Seventh Doctor leaves the TARDIS for he's shot by uh, some gang members. He's taken to a hospital where they remove the bullets, and then as private healthcare kicks in, they sell the doctor <laughs> something he doesn't need. They give him an extra operation, and he dies on the table. So therefore, private healthcare will probably be an evil thing because it kills Doctor Who. A little bit of politics there, unsurprisingly. Yep, pro- probably true. Though. I read this last night. It's not my observation. It's James <laughs> Smith's. There was a mistake, didn't they? Made a mistake in the TV movie by having Sylvester McCoy in it, and you know, trying to attract a new audience yeah. with all of the baggage yeah. from yeah. twenty years of Doctor Who yeah. was a bit of a mistake, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it puts the wrong emphasis on a lot of stuff in it. And again, it's it was lovely for the fans and you know the associated sort of spin-off media sort of built on it enormously because in the new adventures they were able to really build up generate some momentum leading up to the Doctor going there's a brilliant there's a Kamesh book it's in when Chris his companion sort of has a line of you know 
what if he failed to prepare? What if, you know, he opened the door without checking? You know, it's not quite open the door without checking mm-hmm. the scanner, but what if, you know, because all the stuff was at the Seventh Doctor was the, the player of chess on a thousand boards and you remember Chris sort of, like, what if he got it wrong? And um, they've done, they haven't done quite so much with it in Big Finish. I, I gather, I get the impression that some of the more recent ones they've done with Silver maybe building up to it. Um, I, I really, I, I mean, I'm the one who says all endlessly that I'm, tired of Doctor Who stories that exist purely as sequels and to plug gaps but I would love if Big Finish did the story that just had you know Gallifrey sort of saying to him could you go and get the master from the Daleks please <laughs> yes okay I'll go it would be just so cool it would be great it would be lovely um, but yeah as you say it's it's, it's 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 horrible he gets shot and then dies on the operating table I mean that's yeah. like, that's what <laughs> it's not very family friendly well I think we do need to Fast forward for nine years? Well, not really. I think we should skip forward to um, 2013. Yes, of course. Absolutely correct. correct. Absolutely. The, the regeneration have, of the Eighth Doctor into the Ninth. Which, again, we've recently discussed. Yes. Yeah. And we all love it. Absolutely. Well, into the War Doctor. Into the War Doctor. Technically, well, you, you are correct. Uh, yes, I, I still prefer the numerical uh, labelling of the War Doctor as the ninth, but I know that, is, that gets very For confusing clarity. then. For clarity, we'll call him the War Doctor. Fast or strong, wise or angry, what do you need now? Warrior. Warrior? I don't suppose there's any need for a doctor anymore. Make me a warrior now. I took the liberty of preparing this one myself. Get out! Get out! All of you. Will it hurt? Yes. Good. Charlie, Carries, Lucy, Tamsin, Molly. Friends, companions, I know I salute you. And Cass, I apologize. Physician, heal thyself. Right, uh, Kenny, tell us what happened to the Eighth Doctor. The Doctor is on the fringes of the Time War, having chosen not to get involved, and he rescues, or tries to rescue, a spaceship pilot called Cass, but she refuses to go with him, and the Doctor stays on board her crashing spaceship, and it smashes into the planet Karn, and the Doctor is killed, but the Sisterhood of Karn resurrect him briefly, and given the choice to regenerate, and he ultimately becomes a warrior. And we see John Hurt's face reflected in the in the the, the, goblet. the, the goblet that yeah, he uses. I only realised recently that that was supposed to be the goblet. I, it's not very clear at all. 
to my old eyes that that's what you're actually. I just assumed it was just like some kind of polysurface on the wall or something. I've never tried. It's a very very clever way of doing it, though. You know, rather oh, yeah, than, rather than using incredibly stuff. expensive uh, special effects to yeah. de age John Hart, yeah. if you don't have that to hand, then that's a pretty Bring good way of doing it. Bring in a bit of videotape from the seventies yeah. and show him. Yeah. And we talked quite recently about Night of the Doctor, so we, we can skip over how awesome it was and how yeah. wonderful and how often we, we watched it when it was first made available online in, in 2013. And move on to the point at which the War Doctor regenerated into the person we know as the Ninth Doctor. I don't suppose we'll ever know if we actually succeeded. But at worst, we failed doing the right thing as opposed to succeeding in doing the wrong. Life and soul, you are. What is it actually called? Well, there's some debate. Either no more or Gallifrey Falls. Not very encouraging. How did it get here? No idea. There's all something we don't know, isn't there? One should certainly hope so. Well, gentlemen, it has been an honor. A privilege. Likewise, Doctor. And if I grow to be half the man that you are, Clara Oswald, I shall be happy indeed. That's right, aim high. <laughs> I won't remember this, will I? The time streams are out of sync. You can't retain it. No. So I won't remember that I tried to save Gallifrey rather than burn it. I have to live with that. But for now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. Thank you. Which one is mine? Thin. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. Uh, he's been through the events. Yeah, of the I, I want to hear what you've got to say about this because it does feel. And <laughs> you go. <it's> a bit <laughs> well. After having fought in the Time War for a very, 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 very long time. Is, uh, is this you rationalising it? And oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the Doctor meets himself and uh, learns that he wasn't actually responsible for destroying Gallifrey. He just forgot that he actually saved it in the events of the Day of the Doctor in the 50th anniversary special. And he returns to the TARDIS and his knackered old body decides it's time to go and he as it's wearing a bit thin, reusing that line, which um, I don't know if I actually liked at the time. Or I don't know if I still do. I don't like him retreading yeah, the ground. Yeah, it's, it struck me as like, and I don't want to sound like a broken record. It just struck me as, you know, I don't know, it was a bit of recycling, but it was a nice nod to the people that would get the reference. 
I didn't mind that and I suppose it made a way it was a way of sort of saying we're having to do this quite arbitrary thing of showing him turning to you know move into his next body we haven't really had time to incorporate into the plot to have him being injured so we'll just say it's, it was fine as a placeholder um, there was that slight line though when they're still in the gallery and he's not sure what TARDIS is his and they look at him as if he's gone a bit wobbly and I sort of thought right was that a sort of a slightly adult dementia sort of reference that they were trying to, you know... I, I, like the, I like the fact that in the 50th anniversary they decided that the reason for a regeneration was once more that the old body's wearing a bit thin. I just thought that was a nice little nod to the past because the whole of the night of, 90, of 2013, the whole of the 50th anniversary celebrations was all about nods to the past. Of mm-hmm. course it was. Really Had to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I quite like the fact that uh, we get to see him regenerate into, or we start to see the start of the regeneration into a publicity photo of Christopher Eccleston as the eyes go. But of course, there is that wonderful fan edit where they go the whole way and you get to see him go into Eccleston. Yeah, and, and Mr Moffat said himself, you know, on the record, that the reason they only gave you a hint of, of Eccleston was that they didn't want to suggest that he'd actually done it and had been involved. Yeah, it was out of respect yeah. for his decision which not is, to be involved. Good. And I think, you know, we're probably not, we won't talk about him very much, I suppose, pro rat compared to us, but we should really say just John Hurt was tremendous. Yeah. You really do get the sense that, you know, he had been the Doctor for a long time, and I know Sir John had he'd only been in this one episode, but, you know, that way, you know, that resigned sort of way that he sort of looks at his hands and says, wearing a bit thin, you really got the sense this was not an actor who was, you know, doing a bit of a rush job, but a character who was completely versed and really knew everything that was going on. It does raise another question in my mind that the new generation of doctors are, you know, a bunch of namby-pamby weaklings because you've got, you know, you've got Patrick Trenton being told he's going to be forced to regenerate and he's he's a bit indignant, but that's it. You've got John Pertwee falling down in the, in the floor and inside unit and, and saying tears, Sarah Jane, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Tom Baker falls from a great height and breaks his neck, and he still manages to smile. Whereas yeah. you fast forward to these this <laughs> this bunch, and oh no, I'd, I don't want to go. And he's greeting, and he has to make a big long speech yeah. about life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. Oh, get a grip, mate! I'm not a fan of all that. You're, you know, you're you're not actually dying. So just thank your lucky stars that you're not dying. That you've still got an infinite number of regenerations to go. So yeah, I mean, the we, you know, when we were talking about Legopolis there and made mention of how you know all, all hinges and the Doctor unplugging a cable, we come to Christopher Eccles in the last episode, and I remember at the time just being so annoyed at for so much of it, all he's doing is wiring cables and mm. on his hands and knees and plugs, whereas Jack gets to go and fight the Daleks and Rose gets to go off and have some kitchen sink drama scenes with her family. You know, it's um, but I, I think the Eccleston regeneration is the one that feels them, and it's obviously. It's probably indicative of the, the circumstances of it all that um it's the one that feels the most sort of tacked on. I remember watching it. I'd almost forgotten that Eccleston was going because I've been got so involved in the story and then of course it cuts back to the Tardis scene with the Doctor and, and Rose and you know, I still think it's devastating. He plays it so well. You really get the sense that he's you know, that he doesn't want to go, I suppose, and he's he's nervous about it, but he's doing that. He wants to reassure Rose, who's new to all this, that it's gonna be okay. It doesn't. It's not quite as indulgent as some of the other speechy stuff, but it's it's it's. Wouldn't it it's have a very modern thing, isn't it? Wouldn't it have been wonderful if I am led to believe the original plan was to surprise the audience that yeah. he was he was going yeah. and you were just watching it, not expecting anything oh. particular to happen. Suddenly, he regenerates, and then yeah. you didn't know who it was going to be. I mean, yeah. that would have been fantastic if they managed to pull that off. 
And then Craig McGill of the Daily Mirror went and blew it. Yeah, yeah. Is that who it was? Yeah, well, Craig. it was the day after Rose Broadcast. Mm-hmm. It was announced that not only Exxon was going, but it was rumoured that David Tennant was oh, taking yeah. over. I, I think, as I said before, my, I remember my flatmate and I had been watching um, Casanova, that obviously was the Dave's and David Tennant was in. And I remember really as clear as day saying to Ross, you know, You'd be a, this guy's brilliant. He, he could be a really good Doctor Who in like 10 years' time. You said that? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, true. Yeah. I was saying to Roscoe, like, this guy's brilliant, be really, you know, because at this point we still thought of the Doctor generally as a middle-aged guy and Tennant was still quite young. And I remember saying to Roscoe, you know, in about 10 years' time he'd be an absolutely brilliant Doctor Who and it was literally like 10 days later and we were like, what? Rose Tyler. I was going to take you to so many places. Barcelona, not the city Barcelona, the planet Barcelona. You'd love it. Fantastic place. They've got dogs with no noses. <laughs> Imagine how many times a day you end up telling that joke, and it's still funny. Then why can't we go? Maybe you will, and maybe I will, but not like this. You're not making sense. I might never make sense again. I might have two heads, or no head. (laughs) Imagine me with no head. And don't say that's an improvement. But it's a bit dodgy, this process. You never know what you're gonna end up with. Don't stay away! Tell me what's going on. I absorbed all the energy of the time vortex, and no one's meant to do that. <clears throat> Every cell in my body's dying. Can't you do something? Yeah, I'm doing it now. Time Lords have this little trick. It's sort of a way of cheating death. Except, it means I'm going to change. to see you again. Not like this. Not with this daft old face. And before I go... Don't say that. Rose. Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. Where was I? Oh, that's right. Barcelona. Of course, the thing is, you look at this, we've gone in the space of the TV movie through to The Parting of the Ways, 14 episodes, and we've had four different doctors. Yeah, that's true. I suppose. Uh, tell us, Kenny, remind us of the narrative. Yes. How did the, how did the ninth doctor, as we will now call him, uh, come to his end? He had... Well, so he'd sent Rose back to Earth in the TARDIS and set the TARDIS to shut down and obviously Rose couldn't operate it. But Rose was able to access the console and she looked into the time vortex and was able to bring the TARDIS back to uh, the Satellite 5. And then, of course, with the vortex in her head, Rose goes out, destroys the Daleks and it's burning her and killing her. And then the Doctor kisses her to remove the vortex from her 
and he keeps the vortex in him and Rose is away okay. She, she doesn't die or suffer any sort of post-vortex poisoning, but because the doctor keeps it in him and then returns it to the TARDIS, he actually does have every cell in his body destroyed, so he regenerates. I love Kenny filling in the gaps here. <laughs> uh, I'm making it trying to make it all make sense because Rose doesn't suffer any after effect from the yeah, time vortex, but the doctor does. Are they sort of do you think I'll just try to say is a side effect of the doctor taking the probably healed her and all that? Yeah, it's there's an awful lot of implicit and Well isn't isn't the fact mm. that she uh, inhaled the vortex, didn't that force her then to become uh, the muse to the war doctor back in Gallifrey? Probably. Yeah, causes, yeah, you yeah, see. Cause and effect. Again. Cause and effect, there we yeah. go. Mm-hmm. So that's as we're on to the 10th Doctor now. Indeed. Um, probably the longest regeneration sequence uh, in, this, in the TV's history mm. when he changed from 10th into the 11th. So I guess there was no controversy on David Tennant's departure. He'd done four years. I guess that's enough, especially for a, a, an actor his age. There was no falling out or anything, was there? Yeah, just decided yeah. to go into pastures. Russell yeah. T was moving on. He yeah. was offered the chance to stay on by Stephen Moffat and decided in, during Silence Night that, no, I am going to stick to my guns. And he was very, very tempted because he had the 11th hour outlined to him. He thought, yep, love the sound of that. But ultimately, he decided, no, I'm, I do want to go. And it's worth reflecting at this point that there have been some occasions where you have a total change of cast and it doesn't always happen because sometimes the the, the companions are inherited by the new actor. Uh, but sometimes we have had a complete change, not only in the cast, but also in the back room people. Yeah, I mean, the closest is probably more games to Spirit from Space as far as difference. You know, yeah, Black that's and white right. to colour and producer. Absolutely. Well, the producer was still the same for the first story, but, you know... The doctor and the companion all gone. And when Same we with robot actually the difference. Well, no. Barry well, Letts was producer, and then Philip Hinchcliffe takes on. Well, no, but robot's the first story. The new doctor still make. And also, and also, turnstiles. Robot feels that perfect story by just. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's exactly the same. It's you know it was made by the outgoing production team. It's there's not. No, because <laughs> space is made by a different producer, but robot isn't. Right. Well, we can we can we can certainly we can certainly agree that the, the the changeover from Tennant to Smith was as radical as it oh, was from Trouton to Pertwee. Yes. Although yeah. we should, of course, briefly touch on the first Tennant regeneration with the hand. Oh yes, of course, that's right because it does count. It does count. Um, where we've got uh, the doctors being exterminated by a Dalek and regenerates, but thankfully his spare hand from the Christmas <laughs> invasion. <laughs> Is there in the week between uh, when when it land when the second uh, to last episode of the fourth season broadcast and everyone was thinking oh David Tennant's going to leave, um, I did actually write a blog post and it probably does still exist somewhere on the internet. Will it be in your book? Don't think so because yeah. it wasn't really that it, it didn't it wasn't it didn't age particularly right, well right, because right. we then did find out what happened the next right. episode. But I wrote a, a blog post in between saying here's what I think will happen. Okay. And I said, nothing. Uh, he will uh, channel all of his regeneration energy into that hand. <laughs> and and it wasn't because I knew Stephen uh, or anyone at all in production. I just looked at it and thought, no, nah, there's no way they're going to sneak through a, a yeah. change of cast here. An awful lot of prominence had been given to the hands because you do yeah. see it quite in quite a lot of shots and the fact that Jack's gone to the bother of carrying it with him. So you yeah. know that it's going to be involved somewhere. I this when we talked about the next Doctor a while ago. Um, Bumping into my friend Alison McGowan, well, Kenny's friend as well, we've known him for many years, he does the odd bit for Doctor Who magazine and 
covers for big finish and stuff. And he's a lovely fellow. So hope you're listening, Alistair. God bless you. Um, and we were speculating because the photographs had emerged from the location filming of the next Doctor. And I remember Alistair and I sort of speculating that maybe Dave Morrissey was going to be the next Doctor because even though Tennant was there, but was you know, is it just a blind? Is Tennant just there as a distraction? You know, have they have they just got him on set as a as a a bit of a smoke screen and Bill Morrissey be the next one? And then um, and of course as you say, you know, he channeled the, the energy into his hand and it and it was it was it was it a cop out or was it just a bright bit of writing? I thought it was a bright bit of writing, frankly. I liked it. I thought it, it was a fair It wasn't a cop-out, I think, because it was deliberately intended as a wind-up. Yeah. I mean, Such Russell T. Davis was trolling his audience really with no intention of, of changing anything, but he just wanted to kind of get as excited, yeah. which is fair enough. So, let's move on to uh, Tennant's departure then. Yes, final departure. It's final departure. This song is ending, but the story never ends. I don't want to go. Something important. I'm. 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 
Day, uh, Kenny, give us the narrative first of all. Yes. What happened to him? Uh, the doctor fell out of the sky and uh, was very cut, but he survived a, a huge fall from several thousand feet. I wonder if that was higher than the fourth doctor fell from. Must have been, eh? And didn't break his neck. And uh, must have been some gravity inertial dampers or something like that he had in his pocket. Or the Sonic's got, Sonic's got a nap. Um, so strong. he, Wolf is stuck inside a radiation chamber and uh, the doctor enters it so that the Vivocci energy or whatever it is um, is vented inside him. The doctor does a bit of a dance inside the radiation chamber and he is irradiated. Must this doctor be irradiated? And uh, yes, he must. So he leaves and he goes on a farewell tour to see all his companions before he finally enters the TARDIS and the regeneration begins. Which was nice and it tugged at the heartstrings, but, but oh, really, just for on. crying out loud, just get just get on with it, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, none of the doctors had ever wanted to go and meet all their old. The very most they saw pictures of them in their head as they as yeah. they died. But of course, you had to remember that Tennant was and remains the best loved doctor. And uh, it was a big deal that he was leaving. And if you remember that uh, Christmas where uh, the end of time was shown, he and Catherine Tate were on everything. They were on Radio 2, they were on game shows, they were, they were getting interviewed all over the place. It was a big, big deal, which was fantastic and if you're a Doctor Who fan. The, um, they used them in the, the BBC Christmas TV channel in Dents, remember? They yeah. were great. That's right. What are you going to say, Ken? I was just going to say the Dents there, yeah. Like the fact he's the Ident on the Buzzcocks, as you say, on Radio 2. And it was really the David Tennant Christmas. Yes, he, he did QI. He had a guest appearance in Catherine's Christmas episode. He was also the guest. He was a guest on a, I think it was a Channel Four quiz that was exclusively about the West Wing. All right. Because he is a huge West Wing fan, um, and I remember one of the questions was who wrote the, who writes the music for the West Wing, and he buzzed and said W. Snuffy Walden. I thought well, that's that's a fan. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's quite. I mean. It was obviously as well. It was Russell T. Davis's swan song. So yes, it, of it course. Much to do with that as yeah, it was. Absolutely. You know, let's have some, let's have some, some fun fan pleasing, and I think it, it, it walks a line, and I think about it just about stays on on the right side of not being too mawkish. I mean, you see, you see, um, the whole tease of, of um, Mickey and Martha together, and then you know, setting Captain Jack up, and then visiting um. Jessica Hines at a book signing, which is the one that I just thought the only one I thought that maybe took it a bit too far. But then when Matt Smith guest starred in um the Sarah Jean Adventures, you know, the eleventh doctor made reference to the fact that he'd visited all of his companions and there's a really good big finish short trip with Jago and Lightfoot and they, they factor the tenth doctor into that as well. Um and it's like, you know, Peter Davison gets the you know, in real time, gets the you know the spectrox poisoning, and he's dead within a few hours. In real time, you know, he didn't have time to go and see Cheerio at Turlo or look up Nessa or see if Tegan got a flight back to Australia. Okay, you know, with leaving the well, to, to make sure she got a flight yeah. back to Australia. You know, it's um, it's 
I don't know. I, I, I'm, it was a little bit self-indulgent, but we can, we, but we can forgive it because it was, it was Russell Christmas. T. Davis, and it was, it was. I was going to say Eggleston, and it was Tennant. And frankly, after the joy they'd given us, why, know. why not yes. allow them that? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Absolutely. I think it's, it's. I think it's in many ways. When the doctor says, "I'm claiming my reward," it's also Russell T. getting his reward for what for everything that he did. Not did he, only did he bring back Doctor Who, he gave us Torchwood yeah, and Sarah true. Jane as well. Made Doctor Who a big success when it being a complete joke, yeah, like, you know, obviously, yeah. But then the Doctor died again. He did. So he became he become he becomes Matt, uh, Matt Smith at the end of of uh, the end of time, and uh, Matt Smith immediately the first thing he does is he gobs on the TARDIS console. That's right. Which I never quite understood. And I had to watch it a few times to see if that's exactly what he did. And he did. He gobs on it. Yeah. He must have got some dust in his mouth or something. It's the last of regeneration energy and physical form. Oh, stop. <laughs> but by by the time Tennant announced his, res, his resignation and we knew that Stephen Moffat was taking over, this was the first time where they kind of did a special programme. Right. A half hour long program yeah. at the end of which it was Doctor Confidential. At the yeah. end of which, only at the end of which, they they revealed the new Doctor, and it 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 was it raised a few eyebrows because he he wasn't well known. And Rhys Thomas is that his name who plays Gary Bellamy. Um, uh, he's a comedian and he, he produces a, a year in the life of a year every new year, he's, and he, he's 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 very good. He produced the the, the Kemp's. Uh, Gary Kemp and Martin Kemp's documentary right. a couple of weeks ago okay. uh, called sure. True or, uh-huh. or and and he's a really funny writer but he was doing an episode of Bellamy's People in between Tenet leaving and, and Matt Smith starting and he was in a funny conversation with this academic Well let's try one, another couple of dates from Mr Bellamy This is fun The Spanish Armada where we managed to prevent the Spanish from invading and thus we speak English today and not Spanish Have a stab at that one 1492. 1588. Right. Signing of the Magna Carta, absolutely crucial date, the founding of British democracy. 1215. No. All right, yes, you've got that one right. right, but it was a lucky stab, wasn't it? We did it in school. Well, there we are. I am not completely despairing. No. You filled me with the, the modicum of hope. Yes, I knew I remembered a number. I remember, well done me, I remembered a number. I can name every English monarch since William the Conqueror, in order. Yes, well, I can name every single Doctor Who from William Hartnell in order, okay? William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, and Matt Smith, who's, who I don't agree with. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the view. There was a bit of hostility when I, Matt was cast. I was, uh, I was at work. I remember I was on a late shift. It was a Saturday. I was recording on my, on my video recorder. The, the Doctor Who... Um, we still use video recorders 10 years ago. On um, you know, the Doctor Who Confidential. And my friend Neil... Hi, Neil, if you're listening. Um, at work. Got it, on his, got it on his phone. Neil was the first person I ever knew to have an iPhone. And Neil got it up and used it. And we were all like, What? Looking squinting at this horrible, tiny little photograph of this man who didn't seem to have any eyebrows. And it was like, you know, um, who, who hit Matt Smith? We'd never heard of him, you know, and we're like, what's going on? And I remember watching a programme called Moses Jones, which he was in and was, you know, his kind of supporting character, he was, you know, a policeman. Um, and he was he was good, and I watched Party Animals. Yeah, I saw that as which well. Was, um, which was very enjoyable, he was very likeable in that. And 
you know, as I've said many times, Matt's my favourite of the modern doctors. Um, but I remember, as you say, it was like, who is this? There was, it was, yeah, what are they doing? And he was, the, he was the youngest. We've not really said that. He was yeah. much, much younger. Twenty-seven. Than yeah. Good. And of course, then there was the gap because we knew who he was in January. That's right. right. And then, of course, we didn't actually see him until Christmas. And then, of course, the series launched in the Easter. Yeah. I was at work. I was uh, doing a shift at the Sunday Post uh, when they announced that it was going to be coming up. And I'd, I was sat because I didn't have internet access in my machine. If, if you're a sub or a casual sub, you didn't get that. Right. So okay. I had it on. And then one of the guys was saying, like, could you let me know who it is? There were all these names with the bookies and that, names you've heard of. Parts and Joseph was getting Yes, yeah. people like right. that. And um, then, uh, and then at the bottom list, there's like Matt Smith, twenty-five to one. You think, hmm. There's always that one name that yeah. drop, that drops in at the end. You think I've not heard of them. And of course, he was the one. I mean, I recognised him straight away because I'd seen him in, as Dave says, in, in Moses Jones. I think that was beforehand. I, I, I think Moses after. Jones was shown after he, his casting was announced. Oh, was it the party animals that yeah, I'd seen them party before? before. Have you seen Moses Jones talk? No, I haven't. It's cracking. Okay, well, no. Carolyn and I went uh, for a break up in uh, Pitt Lockery over New Year, uh, which we used to do every year. And while we were there, it was announced that this Doctor Who Confidential was going to reveal. And I thought, right, we'll have to go back to the room to watch that. <laughs> then I, got, I took a phone call from Tom Gordon at the Herald, uh, who, who I'm friendly with. And he knew I was friendly with Stephen. And he phoned up and said, Tom, look, I'm asking a big favour here. Can you tell me? We're, we're facing a deadline. We won't publish until after Doctor Who Confidential airs, but we need the name now so that we can you know, publish. That's the horns of a dilemma, isn't it? Well, I, I just said, look, I'll see what I can do. And I phoned Stephen and he said, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. We love them off. Fantastic. So we had to wait until we all yeah. found out at the same time. Imagine, imagine knowing something as exclusive as that, though, and not being able to tell anyone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, and what a great casting he proved to be. Yeah. I absolutely. Mean, um, I wish he'd never left. And with, with absolutely no, no disrespect whatsoever to the man who followed him. I mean, that genuinely well, let, let, let's, I wish he'd done a lot more. Let's talk about that. Doctor. Hello. You're young again. You're okay. You didn't even change your face. <laughs> Started. I can't stop it now. This is just the reset. Whole new regeneration cycle. Ooh. <laughs> Taking a bit longer. Just breaking it in. Oh. Oh. God. It all just disappears, doesn't it? Everything you are, gone in a moment, like breath on a mirror. Any moment now, he's a-coming. Who's coming? The Doctor. You. You are the Doctor. Yep. And I always will be. But times change. And so must I. <laughs> Amelia. Who's Amelia? The first face this face saw. We all change. When you think about it, we are all different people. 
all through our lives. And that's okay, that's good, you've got to keep moving so long as you remember all the people that you used to be. I will not forget one line of this. Not one day, I swear. I will always remember when the doctor was me. became the third doctor to wear out yes yeah I, yeah, yeah i mean that, yeah. Uh-huh. if you look at all the regenerations uh-huh. that is the most common reason for regenerating it's old age that's true mm-hmm. i still find it quite sad that um you know we've got the day of the doctor a big celebration and here's matt full of life yeah absolutely vibrant and you think yeah. yeah here we go yeah we're ready for another season and then you just he's get gone. 60 minutes and he's gone. Yeah. yeah. And it does, yeah, yeah it, feel, it felt quite jarring at the time and it feels quite jarring now. I kind of got the sense that, um, you, you, looking at production dates, it's obvious that Matt's um, last series was must have been made under, you know, under a lot of pressure, I think. You know, and obviously Mr Moffat would have been juggling the plates because he was working on Sherlock as well. I just think it's a real shame that he's he had arrived and he had just it felt like he was gone far too soon. Yeah, I felt strong like agree, Kenny. There is another. There, I really feel there should be another season in there, building up to it, and, and we should have had a two-parter again, a Christmas and New Year episode, yep. with a bit more trends of lore. We can see what's happening, more invasions and trends of lore. I mean, it's, yes, it's lovely to see. Daleks, Cybermen, some Tarans. But wouldn't it have been great if we had just, just, just a bit yeah. more, you know, it's like full, yeah. almost like, you know, like 20 minute incidents and we could have been building up to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. We were talking about it the other day, Ken and I were talking about it on the phone the other day, just saying that Matt really, it should have been a whole series on Trenzalore. They should have set it up and then, you know, we could have, they could have employed aging makeup over the course of the story, you know, yeah. the stories. They could have been two or three different actors playing Barnabas, showing him as a little boy, so he's a young, a young man and then an old man himself, you know, it, the, the potential was huge. I think I'm right in saying that Time of the Doctor had to be massively cut down to fit the slot that they had. I think it was it was maybe written and shot and an hour and a half or something. An hour and a half or maybe an hour and fifteen, what the standard sort of length for a lot of the specials, but it had to be cut because it only got an hour. And that's why it's got all that nonsense at the start about the Doctor. Oh God, man, it infuriates me. <laughs> Tom's laughing at me being you know being raging. You know the Doctor cutting about naked and bald and all that nonsense with Carol's family looking at the Doctor's tinkle because he's standing in front of him with no clothes on, which is nonsense. And then 
the Trent's or stuff just feels completely rushed because they've got to fit it into what they've got left because they've got all this rubbish front loaded at the start. You know, Jenna's got that immortal line. Um, it's so good to be wearing clothes again because they basically had Clara walking about in the scud for 15 minutes. And it's oh, like, I oh love Clara. God, the preoccupations. But anyway, I'll save that for, for another yeah. one. Do you remember that time, Tom, um, when we were in London at the Snowmen press launch and the pair of us were, <laughs> were standing? We'd, we'd said hello to Stephen uh, and we'd had, we'd had a wee wave from Peter. James, were, was, you, were, you the, were you both at the press screening for the for the Snowmen? No, sorry, not the Snowmen, sorry. Um, last Christmas. All right, okay. James, were you? both at the, the press screening for last Christmas we were we were all right oh good well, Tom and I were having a chat and about one foot to our right well to my right and Tom's left stood Miss Jenna Coleman in a very nice silver dress and she looked lovely she was gorgeous she's actually I can say this she's actually the most beautiful woman I've actually seen <laughs> in the flesh ever flawless skin absolutely beautiful I don't think hi I Jenna I don't think I'd be able to handle it See, I, think, I think we're all agreed that it would have been nice if Matt Smith had done a bit more Really? I I would love him still to be the doctor. I yeah. just think he was he was my favorite like you he's my favorite actor of the new series. I think you know the fact is that he was able to be a young and an old person at the same time because his acting abilities were just I think technically he was the most accomplished actor who's ever played the character. Um I I just think he was mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely wonderful. Definitely one of the best. I mean he's um I've, you know Tom's asked me before why like, I don't watch if Matt's my favourite of the new Doctors, I don't watch his stories very much, and I've said, but you know, I won't say it again. But he's um, it's a pointless, pointless addition. But he's he's so watchable. There's always something going on with him. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like he's showboating. It doesn't feel like he's trying to hog. It just feels like he's. It's a very nuanced, very natural, but very intricate and complicated performance. He's brilliant. I miss him. I really do. I just wish he would come and do some big finish. I know. I know. Well, if you're listening, (laughs) let's move on to uh, his successor's demise. His successor demised? Well, we'll get on to that. Because, obviously, Peter Capaldi, the uh, the 12th Doctor. Introduced in a live show. Introduced in a live show, that's right, hosted by Zoe Ball. I mean, that was that was next level as well. I, mean, I nearly I nearly pulled a muscle in my arm punching the air so violently when was he delighted. was announced. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, <laughs> I'd actually heard that morning that it was going to be Capaldi via one of my newspaper chums, and I was absolutely bursting with excitement because, as has been well documented, I have been a big fan of Peter Capaldi. And we're not here, forgive me, to to really to. Criticise no, or assess yeah, that, yeah. the the role uh, or the, 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 how well an actor fulfilled the role, um, but you know we all presumably went to the cinemas to watch uh, uh, his first episode. Did you watch it in the cinema? Um, I, didn't. I, I was working. I no, I didn't. I was. Was that the? Was that the? Yeah, I was at HMV the fort by that point. No, I um, I think I watched it at my mum's. I think we Ali and I kind of went through to Fox Bar to watch it. I wasn't that, um, I can't remember, I think it must have been whatever time I finished work, it wasn't convenient to get to the pictures or whatever. I mean, did you, did you see it in the cinema at all? I did, yeah. Um, oh, it was a fantastic episode, because we all went, we'd, we'd only right. been to see uh, Day of the Doctor in the cinema, just uh, a you know, right? year earlier, and uh, so this is the second time in a fairly short space of time we went to see it, and it was just a great atmosphere. Mm. You know, lots of kids around with fezzes and... Oh, ties. It was great. We should do another Doctor debut episode so we can talk about Deep Breath properly. 
I missed it because I had to work that night. I'd got a shift at the Sunday Post, so I wasn't Another able one. to see it. I know. But so the, the Sunday Post seemed determined to spoil your. Well, your they, they were paying me a hundred quid a time to spoil my enjoyment, so I was quite happy to take that after tax, <laughs> and uh, it was quite an enjoyable way to do it. But I was so excited when when he walked through the door and the the new yeah. doctor for a new generation is Peter Capaldi, and it was it was just so exciting. Oh yeah, I, I was um. I was, I was, I'm sure I've said this before, I was really chuffed that they'd gone for an older actor. Um, I think it's the, the the most instantly sort of satisfied and excited and happiest I've been at the announcement of a, because, you know, he was he was quite a name by that point, you know, because the, the thick of it had been quite a consistent success for quite a few years. Um, I remember, like, there was lots of stories in the day, the, the day or so before. It was Sunday night, wasn't it? Was it Sunday night? Yes, I think it yeah. was. I think mm-hmm. so. Um, there was all the stuff about you know betting had been suspended, that phrase. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, and there was almost a. I remember part of my excitement was the relief that it was Peter Capaldi and it wasn't someone else, because <laughs> I kind of got my heart set on, oh Peter Capaldi could be, he's going to be amazing, you know. Yeah, um, it was the first time I can remember the casting of the Doctor being announced where almost the whole country went, well, obviously. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. such an obvious choice. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I, I did love him during his tenure. However, let's move on to the very last regeneration. Laugh hard. Run fast. Be kind. I watched this with a bit of a disadvantage because when Capaldi is in the TARDIS and he starts to flash, television broke and I've not yeah. seen it since. So I don't know what yeah. happened. Well, we should probably talk we should probably talk about the lead up to the, you know, what happened to the character. Yeah. The well, of course. Having been shot yeah. by the Cybermen. Because, you know, obviously we talked about World Enough in Time very recently, obviously. But, um, Did you all get, you guys hear, you know, in, in, at the end of uh, The Day of the Doctor, that's when Cabaldi makes his first entrance. Of course, yeah. His eyebrows make an entrance. Yeah, no Sir All 13. No Sir yeah. All 13. So that was wonderful. Um, I had heard the rumour that the final Cabaldi episode would have involved him and the yes. first Doctor going back to Gallifrey. I'd heard that too. To yeah. join the other Doctors to save yes. Gallifrey. And I was a bit disappointed they didn't, because yeah, I, I just thought that would be a fantastic I was, way of ending I was sure I'd see mention of it in an interview with, with um, Mr Moffat when he said we would see it from that, from Capaldi's point of view. And I always sort of wonder, did I blink and miss it? Mm-hmm. You know, they never they never did, did they? Don't blink. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, they, they never did show that, that, that those no, events from... No, they didn't. From, from I'm quite sure Big Finish... At some point, we'll be able to contrive uh, that happening. But um, I I thought, not so much a wasted opportunity, but um, because it was it was quite an an avant garde way of of doing it. But it would have been, and it had been very fan based. You could see the attraction of that would have been fairly limited. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but as a fan, I would have loved it. It would have been nice if they'd done that in Twice Upon a Time. I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite sniffy about Twice Upon a Time now, but you know, but. Equally, I'm not. I loved it and hated it in equal measure, but hate is obviously too strong a term. 
Um, that's a you know if the two of them had gone into the respective Tardises and then flown off and done that because that would have tied into the the first Doctor's narrative and twice upon a time about yeah. wanting to keep going. It would have given given the Capaldi Doctor a bit of you know you know what's the word um, a bit of a self actualization sort of moment. Is that the word I'm thinking of? You know would have would have let him go out maybe on a you know on a, on a slightly kind of stronger or happier note. I mean uh, it would be nice to believe that in that short period between. Leaving the the base in the South Pole and getting to the TARDIS, well, leaving the Cybermen's spaceship and getting to his own TARDIS, that in between time he saved Gallifrey yeah. with all of his future Absolutely. selves. Uh, and we can still, there's nothing stopping yeah. us believing that anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I think we said, did we talk about this when we did um, World Enough in Time? I can't remember. I just love the idea that finally one of the Doctors of Generations was essentially brought around because he was shot by one of the yeah, absolutely. He got zapped by a Cyberman a couple of times. I thought, oh, terrific. Well, technically, David Tennant's first regeneration happened yeah. because he was shot by a Dalek. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean? It's it's the proper sort of, a proper ending. I mean, I I, I remember when, when Matt was going, I remember tweeting and posting on Facebook and sort of saying, I really hope there's no long drawn out speeches. I hope it really just <laughs> sort of happens, you know, like boom, trips over, not exactly trips over a brick. Or falls off an exercise yeah. bike, but it's um, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of over the long drawn out speech before they go. It's become a bit of a cliche as much as the you know the some of the, oh hey quirky dialogue <laughs> after each regeneration that we've had. Like you know, we Davy talking about his new teeth. Oh, that's weird and all that, which is Barcelona, fine. Barcelona, and then Matt Matt's the knows I've had worse than chin and all that, which is great. It's then, horror at the prospect yeah, that he might be a girl. Yes, I know. And then Peacap starts talking about the colour of his kidneys. I was like, right, stop, enough now, come on. How does he know what, like, I was like, Ugh. and then Peacap's final speech in the ship, which, which, was, which was fine. Yeah, that point, it was I a really, bit long. I really, really, really didn't want him to go. I, I mean, Oh, I, I really, really didn't want when him to I, go. Um, that, that, time, that time he walked past when I was waiting for my bus a few years ago, and, um, you know, and I sat alone, got a selfie with him, and I said, look, you know, I'm gutted that you're going. And he said, oh, I've got not done yet or something like that and I just you know I was never and as you know we're all we're all aware that he was you know not my favourite doctor but um as much as I was saying about I wish Matt Smith was still there I I wish Capaldi had done it for so much long I mean much more than I feel about Matt Smith or anyone else Capaldi's the doctor I feel that didn't get anywhere near large screen time as he deserved yeah I agree another four Just series don't. would have been fine I'd have been quite happy if, you know if he'd if he'd um if he'd beaten Tom Baker's record you know, we could have had a couple more series with Matt and Bill. Would have been tremendous. I have a little anecdote about Peter Capaldi. I can't. Have I told you this one before about how my friend Paul? Sure, Peter. Just to give, tell me in advance. Do I need to tee up the the clanger sound effect here? No. Oh yes, 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 you do. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. My friend Paul. This is a, just. This was. The, I think it was um, Christmas Eve, twenty seventeen. Paul was in Glasgow making his way home. He was very merry and making his way through the crowds down Buchanan Street in Glasgow where there happens to be a police box. And he's making his way through and he bumped into this bloke who was carrying a plastic suitcase sort of thing. And he'd put it down and was taking a selfie with the police box. And Paul bumped into him and said, oh, sorry, mate. And the the gentleman turned round, a a tall, thin gentleman (laughs) with white curly hair, and it was Peter Capaldi taking a selfie on his last full day as the Doctor oh, oh, wow. with yeah. a police box Brilliant. in the background. And I, I just I send, I just get shivers lovely. up my spine I'd thinking like about that. It's, uh, Peter, if you're listening, could yeah. we have a copy, please, for our Facebook page? I, mean, I was so chuffed the time I met him because it's the only time I've ever met the Doctor. 
I was so chuffed when I met him because however briefly as it was, it was a matter of a moment. But it was um, it's the only time I've ever met the doctor while he's been the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, I've met I've met a few others at conventions and after the after the fact and all those stage doors are taken out you know, when element one's taken out for dinner or whatever. Um, but it was because and he was walking along, you know, long black coat. Hoodie underneath, you know, black jeans and black dress. He, he was just like, he's like, all oh, right, there he is. And that, you know, it's that way. I heard myself talking to him before my brain had actually figured out what was going on. You know, oh, I just like, I mean, I, I really liked the way he went, but I wish he hadn't. Let's review both the classic and the new Doctor regenerations. Do either of you have, um, it's difficult to, it's not like an episode, you can't really choose a favourite, but is there one that if you could watch it again right now, you would you would do it? Kings of Androzani, episode four. Yeah. Every time. Okay. Davey? It would be Legopolis, Tom, just because it's, right. it looms large in my And what about, what about the new season then? The new, new who? <sighs> I think I, I really enjoy, does Night of the Doctor count? Um, it no, does, it does count. I, I probably yeah. Night of the Doctor because I think yeah. it just, it gets everything in there that you want. There's an emotional punch. Uh, we get to say goodbye to Doctor and we meet a new one. But to be honest, I could, I really could watch any of them. What would you say for the Tom? What would you say for the classic series? Then? Well, oddly, I think about it. I th- I, no, actually, my my classic preference would be one that we've not discussed because my favourite regeneration scene is one that where regeneration had already happened. That it's the very first view we get of John Pertwee uh, because it's the first time we ever see Doctor Who in colour. And the TARDIS materialises and he falls out unconscious. And I remember being really concerned for him. Aww. Really worried that the doctor mm-hmm. was ill. Right. And and I was six years old at the time and I was just in love already with this new doctor. Have you ever seen um, Devious? No. Do you know what Devious is? I have no Do you idea. Have the DVD of the War Games? Yes. Right, that's fine, it's on that. All oh, right, okay. That's it, give us a wee I thought I'd gone through all the special. Give yourself a wee cheat on that then. Right, yeah. I'll do that. So we say um, no more? So, um, yeah, say no more. And my, my, I think I'd probably agree with Kenny and say Night of the Doctor, although I would probably, if it, you know, discount that, I would probably say Time of the Doctor, even though it's a mess. I just love Matt so much and I love the Trenzalore stuff so much. And I really like his final scene. It's hmm. the, sim- the symbolism when he takes off the bow tie and then, Seeing seeing Pond again, you know, she was there in the first phase of that phase. You know, I was a mess. I've said this before, you know, Matt was a doctor and my dad died, and I think that was a big reason that I really took to him. It was a sort of, you know, yeah. a support sort of thing, <laughs> sad as that sounds. And I was really gutted and he went. And um, I, I really like his final scene. I think the balance between sort of the speechifying that we talked about was probably best in that one. It didn't okay. overdo it, and it, was, it was nice. Right, that's us. That has been a marathon trek through all the regenerations of our, our favourite Time Lord. We've covered just about every aspect of it. I think we can at the moment, but we'll no doubt return to it at some point in the future. So thanks for bearing with us so far. Um, so it's cheerio from me. It's cheerio from me. Be safe, look after yourselves. And from me, never be cruel, never be cowardly, and never eat pears. Remember, hate <laughs> is always foolish, and love is always wise. Always try to be nice and never fail to be kind. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. Listeners, we let you go. What a load of pish.